a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to those who celebrate. You are listening to The Great Musical Adventure, just a show where I talk about albums that I have been listening to, that I quite like, and that I think you would like as well. It is February 14th here in the great state of Minnesota. We are in the midst of a very cold polar vortex in the Twin Cities area at 9 a.m. As I'm recording this, it is currently negative 19 degrees, quite cold. Uh, My car is currently sitting out there in the cold. I hope it will start, but if cars can start in Canada, I'm sure they can start here in Minnesota as well. Though I do not pity those that have to go to work today either. It's also Valentine's Day for those who celebrate. Um, There are a lot of people out there that don't celebrate it, but there are a lot of people that do, especially if you happen to be in a relationship. I know I will be having uh, some takeout with my own partner today. Um, Though, of course, not dining in, one, because of the pandemic, and two, because it's stupidly cold out, and I don't know why you would want to be out in this sort of weather. The first album I want to talk about comes out of the Netherlands. It's Solex with her 2001 record Low Kick and Hard Bob. Now, she is a, or at least she was a record store owner at the time of this release, I believe. Or at least she's advertised as such nowadays on her Spotify biography. Um, this was released late in 2001. It's got a blunder phonics sound, kind of in the same way that um, you'll hear Beck use blunder phonics on like Odelay, which actually is something that I wasn't looking forward to as much, but. You know, I found Beck's sort of <clears throat> sample collages interesting, though they didn't really take me in on albums like Odelay. I much preferred sort of later work where he's actually like doing a lot of recording, um, like on Midnight Vultures. He gets really dancey on that one. Um, but Solix chooses to use a sort of minimal atmosphere. It, things can get... usually it's just the sample that's sort of playing, sort of on a loop about, you know, a third of the time. They're usually really groovy samples, like a lot of drums. Um, it swings a lot. It gives it a distinct, I don't want to say like European flavor, but it kind of does a little bit. It's got this very swing-esque sort of feel. It's like uh, like a Paris combo being sampled over and over again. Obviously, that's not really the case, but it just kind of has that sort of vibe. Quite old-timey, but also not. It's just an, it's an odd, it's a minimal album, very artsy, and um, it's it's a very strange listen. I thought I was going into it with something a little more sugary, a little more poppy, and that's not exactly what I got. 
the cover kind of uh, gives more of an impression of like an early 2000s sort of indie pop album. But I wouldn't exactly call this indie pop. I definitely consider this more Plunder Phonics, which I think is quite interesting. I think it's a very interesting listen, and though I think not everybody will gravitate towards this album, I think there will be a lot of people out there that will give this a listen and find this continuing to be listened to within their discography. So definitely check out Solex's Low Kick and Hardbot from 2001. I listened to an album from this year from Leah Isis, and Leah Isis has been releasing stuff since 2008, so she's been out there quite a long time, uh, currently based in Brooklyn. She released an album this year called Family Album, and it's a singer-songwriter record through and through. People will call it more of a 70s pastiche. And it kind of is in spots, but I got a more of a, you know, a minimal sort of vibe from the record. It's quite folksy. Um, there's some piano there. There's not a lot of drums here. Uh, I could compare it a little bit to the latest Weather Station album, Ignorance, which I also took a listen to. That one I won't put on this list, um, because I didn't like it as much as this one. And as you can kind of guess from, uh, this episode and the past episode, I'm only really talking about albums that I quite like, um, and that I would feel comfortable recommending or putting my own name on it and saying, hey, this is an album that you want to listen to. And I think Leah Isis' Family Album is an album that you want to listen to, Despite its similarities to the weather station, and despite the fact that it really doesn't have a lot of percussion on it, um, and where it does show up, it's somewhat sparse, I think that this is just a really calming listen. There wasn't a lot of standouts here, but the production is really warm, and it just feels really nice. It's, it's one of those albums that... I don't really put on for the standouts, I'm gonna put on for the sort of background atmosphere. And a lot of people deride like background music, but I think if you find the right background music, uh, it can make a heck of a lot of difference, if that makes any particular sense. This is just a warm, nice listen that you can put on on warmer Sunday mornings or really cold Sunday mornings like this one and feel cozy too, I suppose. So check out Leah Ice's family album. The next one I wanted to talk about is Bark Psychosis, their 2004 album codenamed Dust Sucker. Now this is the second album from the influential post-rock band coming off of 1994's Hex. We're releasing an album 10 years later with Codename Dustsucker, and to date, those are the only two albums they've released. And I quite like Tex, and I heard this one was very good as well, but I put off on listening to it for a little while. And I got around to listening to it, and 
I admittedly like it almost better than Hex. It's a super warm and psychedelic album. I think the the recording and instrumentation is just a little punchier, but not in a way that it would be almost distracting, right? It's still very much a post-rock record, it's still very much an ambient pop record, but I get a much more psychedelic and slightly electronic vibe on tracks like From What Is Said To When It's Red, um, 400 Winters, that's just a great well-crafted tune. Just, you know, amazing compositional qualities. And compositional qualities was also very much a strength on Hex 2, uh, which is another album I would recommend. But I think for this album, Codename Dustsucker, it's, I think I would almost recommend listen to this one first over Hex. Because while Hex, I think, is a very great record with a very specific mood to it, I think Codename Dustsucker is a little more immediate in its compositions. And I think those that are newcomers to Biopsychosis just might gravitate towards it a little better. It's just a little more there, I suppose. But both are great records, but check out Bark Psychosis, Codename Dustsucker. The last album I'm going to talk about, uh, some people call it an EP, the band itself calls it an album. It's Sonic Youth's debut from March 1982. It's a self-titled release just called Sonic Youth. It's a very cute cover of the early days in a band. King, er, excuse me, Kim Gordon is wearing glasses on the cover. Thurston Moore looks like a baby. It's a great cover, in my opinion, and it's a pretty great album as well. I don't think it's gonna be on the same level as Daydream Nation or like Evil or something, so I wouldn't go in expecting something as commanding as those releases that would come later, but as an early snapshot of the band, I think it provides some very interesting combinations of no-wave guitars and almost pop melodies. It's a very distilled form of no-wave that's a lot easier to listen on the ears. It's still very, um, still very combative sound and still very dissonant, but it's it's a little easier to listen to than, say, like a Glenn Branca composition, and I think that's the main appeal of Sonic Youth, is that they can really bring avant-garde and pop and sort of smash them together in this sort of indie rock um, panache, I suppose. I don't know if that word really makes sense in the context of this, but... I hope you get what I'm saying. This is a good early snapshot though. I think these standouts are the first two tracks, Burning Spear and I Dreamed I Dream. Those are just some great songs. 
and while the back half of this very short record um, leaves just a little more to be desired, I wish there was just a little more meat on the bones, I don't particularly mind that so much. It's still a good sound. It's still very interesting as a listen. Um, I think that, yeah, their later records are going to be a little bit more better on the compositional front and on the sound front, but I don't think you would go wrong by taking a chance on this very early release from Sonic Youth from 1982. And that's all the albums I have. Thanks for taking a listen to the great musical adventure. I will be back. I don't like to put a uh, specific schedule on this because I just kind of record them when I feel like. But until next time, this has been The Great Musical Adventure, and I'll see you again.